My next guest is a sideline reporter for NBA on TNT, as well as a host on NBA on T- as well as a host on NBA TV. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, recurring guest uh, Jared Greenberg. Jared, how's everything going? Zach, what's up, man? Good, I'm good. So playoffs are in full swing. Um, teams, some teams are now out. A couple of teams are left, but it's not the teams really we thought that we're going to be still around. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the cool things about this playoffs was how unpredictable it was going to be. And I think, you know, it's been fun so far and we're getting some new blood, fresh blood. A lot of people didn't like the idea of super teams around the NBA. They craved parity. And now I think it's a case a little bit of be careful what you wish for. But uh, ultimately, you know, it's coming down to the wire here with Brooklyn and Milwaukee, a, a series I'm covering. And that that Clipper Utah series looks like it's it's going to be real interesting as well. Going into the playoffs, who, who did you have coming out of each conference? Going in, I think I predicted uh, the Clippers and the Nets. Interesting. And you're out on the Clippers? Or you think they still have a shot? Well, I'm never fully in on the Clippers. I mean, they are the Clippers after all, right? So the Clippers are going to clip. Uh, but, you know, my thing with them is that I, I would have, if I was a gambling man prior to the stoppage last season in March, I would have probably bet my mortgage that the Clippers were going to win the NBA title last year, then they, they let me down there. So, you know, I just, you know, hold on one second. I got somebody at the door. Sorry about that. This is live, live podcast. Have them come on. Who is it? You got Papa Jones. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Order delivery. Sorry. There, there we go. Keep that in. Um, so yeah, so you, you said so you you were really never out on the Clippers after the, they kind of disappointed last year. Yeah, the Clippers really let me down with how they had an early exit and they just could never find their chemistry or identity. Uh, but you know, I think with them, the, the thing with with the Clippers is that they they've shown flashes and moments of brilliance uh, throughout. You know, they're almost two seasons together now. Their issue is consistency. So what they did the other night, I think, was case in point of who they can be but they very frequently, infrequently have done that in consecutive games. So uh, they got to put it together for, for a string here and, and get out of this series and go to the Western Conference Finals for the first time in franchise history. So if, if, if Paul George and Kawhi are having off nights, who, who steps in? That's been my whole thing with them all year. I don't, who's that third guy? Uh, I think they're looking for uh, Rondo to be the stabilizer. You know, he's not going to obviously score a lot of points for you, but he, but he's going to you know make sure you get guys like Marcus Morris involved. Um, you know, Luke Kennard has given them some big moments at times. Um, you know, and then you know uh, you're always watching Batum and Serge Ibaka, who's healthy, who can give you a couple of moments of of uh, you know flashes of who they were back in the day. And with Utah, do you think? Utah has kind of reached their ceiling or do you think like we haven't really seen the, the full power of this team yet? It's interesting. I, I don't think they've reached their ceiling just because I think Donovan Mitchell has proven that he could be a big time player in big time moments, but I don't think we've seen the best of Donovan Mitchell yet in his career. And I think it's, you know, it's kind of something we do with NBA players, probably with all athletes, probably with all people in general is that we want them to be at their best right now, immediately. And just because you see a couple of moments of that, um, you know, Donovan Mitchell is still relatively young in this league and he's got a lot on his shoulders and, you know, in, in what they ask of him to do with that offense and obviously not having Mike Conley hurts. So um, I think that it would not stun me if, if, if Utah goes out here in this round 
but I also don't feel like the window is anywhere near closing on this Utah uh, run at a championship that that they should certainly get really close to, if not win one in the next few years. And then flipping over to the other uh, series out west, were you surprised, even with Jamal Murray, he's been out for some time, were you surprised Denver got swept? Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely surprised that they got swept. Um, you know, I think that people, you know, unfortunately are going to hold this against Jokic, but those are people who aren't watching games and don't really understand what he did. Jokic had one of the great individual seasons in NBA history this year. And then to do it the last, you know, third of the season without Jamal Murray on the roster um, was just remarkable. And, and the fact that they were able to, you know, climb the Western conference standings and, and maintain their position um, I think is unbelievable. Uh, you, you know, it's no fault of Jokic that they went out this early, obviously, you know, him getting ejected is a big problem with them getting swept. Maybe if he stays in the game, they force it to a fifth game, but they weren't winning that series. But yeah, um, you know, give all the credit in the world to Phoenix, but no way would I have bet on a sweep. Is Gary Harris still in the league? I haven't heard him in years. What's, what's going on with Gary Harris? He's in Orlando. Come on. Gary Harris? He got traded for Aaron Gordon. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I'm really like, <laughs> is he out of the rotation? It's a uh, Campazzo, and you got Austin Rivers on his 12th team in the last two years. Um, did you, I, for some reason, after Jokic went out yesterday, which I personally didn't even think was a flagrant one, I think it was right. just kind of just got to build up. Um, I thought McGee was going to carry him back. <laughs> you, you had JaVale for going off for 40? I mean, not 40, but I'm like, you know what? They're down 15. If McGee just goes in, I don't know if you could just put it all together. Like he's been right. waiting for some time. He had one great rebound and then just lost the ball. And Campazzo, I don't know why they're taking him out. He was the he was the life of that whole team in the whole second half. Uh, I, I put him on my second uh, second team all-rookie squad this year. I thought he was that really? good. Really? Yeah. Would, would he be the oldest player to ever make a all-rookie team? Or did Prigioni make it? Gioni may have made it, and then there was one other guy a couple of years ago. I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, was it? The, I remember like Mavs had that one guy who's old, Bernard something. Yeah. Is that him? Yeah, I, I think you might be right. He's like a 34 year old rookie, which is which is. And then for for Denver, did you did you see enough out of Porter Jr. in this series to be confident that he he's got that kind of alpha dog mentality going forward? Yeah. Um, no, he definitely has the alpha dog mentality. I mean, he's one of the balls since the moment he got into the NBA. Uh, I think the issue with Michael Porter Jr. is number one, consistency, number two, committing to defense. And number three, he's not going to be the first option on this Denver team next year. So how does he fit in as a really, really good third option once Jamal Murray comes back with Jokic and they could be one of the best trios in the NBA Um with a long future ahead of them, uh, if they can stay together and, 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 you know, uh, Porter can continue to commit to defense and, and be consistent. Cause there's too many nights where, you know, he'll, he'll hit, you know, he'll go seven of 11 from the field or, you know, eight, eight of uh, eight of 13 from the field. And then the next night he goes two of 12, you know, so it's just too much of a, a roller coaster for him. With Phoenix, when do you think they finally put it all together this year? When did they? Yeah. I, I think they put it all together when they went 8-0 in the bubble, and then they rubber-stamped it with getting Chris Paul. You know, I think um, it, it's a weird balance for me. I want to give Chris Paul a whole lot of love. I think he deserves a whole lot of credit, and I think uh, Monty Williams deserves a whole tremendous amount of credit what he's developed over the last couple of years with this team. But, but I also, going back to what I was saying earlier about 
uh, Donovan Mitchell and wanting guys to be at their best right now. Like this is a natural progression for Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and Mikael Bridges. And and then, you know, you throw in, sprinkle in some of these role players that have meant a lot, like a Jay Crowder. Um, this team, you know, this is the argument I have with people. They wouldn't have been the two seed, uh, but they would have been a playoff team without Chris Paul this year, right? They're that good. And Devin Booker's that good. I think a lot of what gets lost in the Chris Paul praise, which I have a hard time having this conversation because I, I don't want to take anything away from Chris Paul, but I think a lot of the praise for Chris Paul this year has thrown a shadow or cast a shadow over just how darn good Devin Booker has been because Chris Paul, no doubt is the most important player on the Suns, And he makes that engine go, but Devin Booker is the best player on that team. One of the best players in the league right now. What do you think their championship window is with Chris Paul on that team? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of rumors flying around about what Chris Paul wants to do after this year. Obviously there's going to be a lot of teams, particularly a team like the Knicks are going to, you know, fawn over him and really want him to be, to do the same thing in New York that he did in Oklahoma city and now doing in Phoenix. Uh, but you know, there seems to be some sort of connection and bond between Chris Paul and Monty Williams going back to the new Orleans days. Uh, you like to think that Chris Paul would want to latch on to a guy like Devin Booker who could take him there. You know, if you think about if the Suns don't win a championship this year, I would think that the Suns would still feel better about their championship chances over the next year to two years than a team like the Knicks would by simply adding a Chris Paul. Do you think the Sixers kick themselves every time they see Mikael Bridges on national television? Yes, absolutely. I, I didn't understand that on draft night. I, I was interviewing Mikael when he found out he got traded and I didn't make sense. I'm pretty sure like he did an he did an entire video they gave him the hat. I think his mother worked for the Sixers. They're like, oh, by the way, you're going to Phoenix. Grew up a huge Sixer fan. Mother works for the Sixers, um, and and fit the role of a three and D guy yeah. that the Sixers needed. They're like, no, we like the guy from Texas Tech who's what played what max thirty games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. yeah. That's what. And then, and then flipping out East with the Sixers, obviously Embiid's knee is not at hundred percent, but he looks perfectly fine out there. Do you think? Yeah, right. Scary. Yeah. What do you What do you think of their chances? I feel like the, I just don't see him as that title team, even though they obviously have the best record in the East this year. Well, you know, it, it's crazy because they don't feel like a title team because you don't know what you're going to get from Embiid. The lack of offense from Ben Simmons. You're counting on a lot of other young players to step up in big moments, but. Look at the Nets, same scenario for them. Injuries, Harden and Kyrie will either one play another postseason game this season. Uh, the Bucks up and down, you know, one game they're down 49 points in a playoff game. Then that then they rattle off two wins at home. Um, you know, and the Bucks obviously don't have the necessary injury concerns at all, Dante DiVincenzo, but but they don't have the injury concerns that the Sixers do with Embiid or the Nets do with Harden or Kyrie. But, you know, that's kind of why I feel like it's a, it's a crapshoot right now for, for any of these teams. And ultimately, you know what it may come down to is it, it sounds a little bit cliche, but I feel like it could be the truth this year. It's just home court. And, and uh, a team like the Sixers from the start of the season made a commitment to try and be the number one seed, whereas teams like the Bucks and the Nets said, you know what, health and preparing ourselves for the playoffs is the most important thing, not necessarily where we are in the standings or what our record is. And while the Bucs had been the best team in the East the last two years, and that didn't prove to be fruitful for them because they had this reputation of just being a regular season team, now being the three seed may ultimately hurt them because game seven in this net series is going to be in Brooklyn. 
And if they somehow win that and get past Brooklyn, now they got to go face Philly and go to uh, Philadelphia for the first two games of that series. And then a potential game seven back in, in Philadelphia as well. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's wild with, with, um, with the, with the nets, obviously they just rolled out Irving for game five. What, what are you expecting from Durant? I know this is, we're going to, this is the game's going to air before I post this. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think he's going to do when, if, if Harden can't, can't go? Well, Harden's definitely out. And is this where you edit? And I, Call you back tomorrow night, and I add all the stuff, and then now I'm just gonna like, put it in and just hope we're right. Oh, right, gotcha. Um, no, I mean, I gotta be honest, a little selfish here. Um, you know, I'm calling the game on TNT. I, I would love just to see Kevin Durant just say, "Give me the ball and let's go." And we just spoke to Kevin Durant uh, within the last couple of hours, and you know, he's saying all the right things about playing through the offense, sticking to their principles, and doing all that stuff, and that's cool. I, I would like to see one of these Kobe games where where Durant just takes, you know. 40 shots and goes and scores 55 points, uh, win or lose, and just says, you know what, it's me versus Giannis tonight, and whoever, you know, hits the last shot wins the game. Big Shamit game. Big Shamit game tomorrow. Yeah, he, call, he actually has been out. playing well. Yeah. Yeah. And Dinwiddie, I saw he might be, a, be able to come back. I didn't, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. No. Because the whole narrative with Durant's going to be like, all right, well, it was what I thought it was, and then some people on Twitter are getting a lot of basically slander for it is, all right, he, he leaves Oklahoma City to go join a super team, then he leaves that super team to go to another super team, and then all of a sudden it's just him. And that if, if, if he wins, everybody's going to praise him. If he loses, they're going to say, oh, people are going to say, oh, well, maybe he's still feeling the Achilles. Maybe he still can't be that number one guy, or maybe he just can't do it by himself. And I feel like he can't win with this situation. Let me ask you this question. I was thinking about this earlier. I'll throw it back to you. Without Kyrie and Harden in the lineup, is there more pressure on Kevin Durant or on Giannis Antetokounmpo? I think it's on Giannis. I think it's on Giannis because Giannis right. has been 10 second free throws. I saw somebody come, somebody put it up. It was a, a they, they put his free throw next to somebody running a 40 yard dash or a hundred meter dash going like that. I, I'm still not sold on, Milwaukee. I, I like the Drew Holiday trade. It still doesn't put them over the hump, but with Middleton with me, like Middleton's gonna show you flashes. He's gonna look great on the stat sheet, but when they, when it comes down to it, I still haven't seen it from him. I think Gian, Giannis, I think it's just gonna be who's the best player in the basketball. And that's how it's gonna come down to it. But I think the ancillary pieces are gonna play a major part. Yeah, obviously. And and there's no question that that Giannis has the better role players right yeah. now than Kevin Durant has around him. You know, we were all talking for months about an embarrassment of riches. The, the Nets have too much. You know, the, the second best player on the Nets is either going to be Joe Harris or Blake Griffin, right? So Giannis has got Drew Holiday. Um, he's got Chris Middleton, two guys who have been all-stars before in their career. Um, you know, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez. So, uh, yeah, Giannis has to step up here. This is his opportunity, and he's got to take advantage of the moment. Yeah, it's going to be. So assuming that, let's say Phoenix makes it through, do you think this Phoenix team hitting on Al Cylinders can even compete with a healthy big three of the Nets? No, not only any team can. I mean, I saw, um, I, you know, I was covering the Nets in that first round series against the Celtics. Uh, the, the Nets beat themselves in that one game they lost to Boston. I mean, Tatum, uh, Tatum was incredible. Tatum, Tatum was Tatum. unbelievable. Right, yeah. Right. But, um, yeah, I don't, th this Nets team is, it, it's way better than I thought it ever would be when, when they're all healthy. What about a banged up Nets team? You think Phoenix then has a shot? Of course, yeah. It depends who's banged up. 
But yeah. Yeah. That's why. So I, I, I didn't think Irving would get hurt. I thought he'd be like, you know what, mid playoffs would be like, you know what, I'm like, I kinda I'm gonna retire. I'm out of here. I'm going <laughs> oh, to you never know. Let's go to Puerto Rico. You never like, know. You know what? You know, this basketball thing's just not for me. Mike James, you step up, you can have my number now. So it's 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 wild. It's unbelievable. Um, and then of course, when's the draft? Uh the end of July. Okay. The 29th. Do you have any give any hot takes for the draft? Any guys you like for that? I don't. No, I'm I'm not in draft mode yet. I, I will yet. be in a couple of weeks, but yeah. But yeah. So if you had to, so right now, obviously we have what? There's we Phoenix is already in. We don't know who the rest is gonna be the rest of the conference finals. Who who's your prediction right now to make it to the NBA finals and who's your champion? Uh I would go Phoenix and Philadelphia. The battle of the, the Charles Barkley Bowl. He's going to be on a lot of radio shows. He's going to be yeah. a lot. So, and then, and then how, how, who do you see winning that? Obviously, Philly hasn't won since, what, 82? And Phoenix has never won a title. Right. I'd go, I go Philadelphia. Really? That's yeah. interesting. And then, we'll, and then if, if Philly wins a title, we can never talk about Ben Simmons' jumper again. Sure. I mean, we can, but but we, we should. can. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's wild. It's wild. So, you, so, right, so, so, what, so if, or let's say Irving's back game six. Harden's right. still out. You you think they they'll, they'll end up going back to the finals even with just the two of them? Yeah, I think I think if the Nets have two guys, they beat the Bucks. Um, my issue though is I and this is just a guess. I don't have any inside yeah. information on this. I think it's more likely that Harden returns before Kyrie at this point. Do Do you think it's just kind of they're just kind of taking their they, they don't want to take any chances with Harden, or do you think it's actually that? that that of an injury and i know he was in the aggravate what he was suffering during the year yeah he missed 21 games with the same right hamstring injury yeah i i think that they're being cautious but but i think it's it's an injury that they don't want to like if he could play he would yeah so that's with irving i think they said it was sprained but obviously with most sprains is what two weeks obviously. yeah i guess i mean we they, they didn't reveal what kind of sprain yeah. it was but yeah, I mean those those type, especially when you get your uh, you know foot stepped on the way he did, or he came on, he stepped on Giannis's foot. Um, yeah, that's that's dangerous. I mean, that could be that could be something that's much longer than two weeks. But then again, it could be something that's shorter. I, you know, everybody's different. Yeah, and I want to ask you brothers to go. Do you have any predictions for the? I think they were revealing it tonight. The All Defense, the All NBA teams. Any guys you think should might be their first time making it, or guys you think might get snubbed? Yeah, I mean. Um, I'll pull up my ballot for you and tell you what I did here. Um, for for all defense, um, I, some of the guys I put in here were, um, you know, I hope Drew Holiday gets the respect he deserves. Uh, you know, some of the other guys are going to be on there. Obviously, Gobert, who won Defensive Player of the Year, um, Embiid, Simmons, those guys, you know, um, Draymond Green, Bam Adebayo, uh, but I think I think the interesting ones are going to be a guy like uh, Clint Capella. You know, I think he needs some serious consideration for what he did in the regular season. And then two young guys that I talked about earlier, uh, Matisse Thybul of the Sixers and Mikael Bridges of the, of the Suns, just two of the best individual defenders in this league. I, I think I think Matisse Thybul has the chance to be the next Kawhi Leonard in terms of what Kawhi has been on the defensive side of the ball and that reputation he's built. Uh, Matisse is just. He's an animal. He's one of, if not already, uh, the best perimeter defender in the league. Good trade for Boston, by the way. Give him him away on draft night. And then with all all NBA, do you think there might be any any guys this year that might be deserving, just won't make the cut? Um, The interesting ones are going to be LeBron, what the voters do with LeBron. 
Um, I ultimately voted LeBron on my third team. I think interesting is going to be the Nets uh, three guys. You know, what what happens with Kyrie, KD, and Harden all miss significant time. Um, another one is going to be, um, you know, Chris Paul. He received so much love yeah. from the voters in terms of MVP uh, talk. Will they reward him uh, in the All-NBA ballot? And again, my whole philosophy on this is, Devin Booker was the better basketball player. You know, if you rip the names off the back of the jersey and you just looked at the games, you uh, analyze the stats, Devin Booker is the better player. So I put Devin Booker on the second team All-NBA, didn't have Chris Paul. What about uh, Curry? Where'd you have him? First team. Interesting. Any any Celtics? Steph or Seth? Seth, well, Seth, obviously. Seth Seth deserves it this year. Um, Did did Tatum make your All-NBA? Third team. Interesting. Interesting. What about Trey Young? No. Interesting. What have been your thoughts on how the 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 Hawks have kind of developed as the the years gone? Especially, they have a lot of depth. They had a lot of depth. This is all gravy for them. You know, they were at the All Star break. What were they? The second worst record in the yeah. Eastern Conference, and they and now they're in, and, yeah, they, yeah, they fired their coach. Now they're in the second round of the NBA playoffs. I think it's all gravy for them. They should take it in stride and, and build off of it, and, and they should be pissed off that they're you know assuming that they get eliminated here by the Sixers and use that to fuel them for the future and. You know, them losing DeAndre Hunter, it's a big, big loss. I don't know if people around the league recognize just how important he is. Uh, but, you know, that core group that they're going to have of of Trey, Bogdanovich, Hunter, Reddish, depending on what they do with John Collins and Clint Capella, uh, that's a really good group to build around for the future. And they have the kid from USC, but he never plays. Right. Well, young, a Congo. Yeah. yeah. And then they get the kid from Maryland who never plays. He, the uh, Fernando, 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 was, yeah, yeah, right. So it's there's another kid I, from Maryland I, though, Herder. He plays. Herder, He's Herder's good. good. Herder's better than I thought it was. When he dunked, I was like, I didn't, I didn't think he could dunk. But it's, and I don't think they. I think Ivan Johnson's gone. But I think, I think he'd be a good guy to bring back there, kind of give him some toughness. So, <laughs> yeah, I wonder what he's doing now. Uh, there's always those guys that pop up like, oh yeah, what? Or uh, Antich, remember Paro Antich, yep. legend, Hawks legend, the standard. One of the first stretch threes in the NBA. Yeah, yes. The statue's coming soon for Antich. Um, yeah, but that, that's really the questions really have for you. I do appreciate you taking time, especially awesome. in really busy season. Can't yeah. wait for what, what games are tonight? You know what games are tonight? Philly Atlanta, uh, Utah Atlanta. Clippers. All right, cool, cool, cool. Awesome. Do appreciate it. Uh, Thank you, man. For the games on. Looking forward to seeing you on TV tomorrow night. It's been awesome. Thanks, Thanks Zach. Appreciate, appreciate you.